Welcome everyone to the 13th episode of the Hot Takes from the Bird podcast. I'm your host, Jason Michener, joined alongside Ian Hatcher. How are you doing today, Ian? Doing great. Week two, NFL. Let's get to it. All right. Um, first things first, we didn't get the chance to predict the Bengals and Browns game in, the, in, our, past, in our previous podcast going over um, the NBA con- conference finals our previews uh go check that out but this this Bengals browns game showed that joe burrow can be a star qb with the right people around him yeah well i think um i do agree with you it did show um you know what burrow is going to bring to the nfl but the one thing that i think it showed is that his numbers could be ridiculous his rookie year if they plan on treating him the same way I mean the Bengals are not the most talented team so you you know probably expect to find yourself down in quite a few ball games and if they're gonna throw the ball while losing the way they did it is gonna be he could have insane numbers he could attempt the most passes any quarterback has ever attempted in a season I mean 60 something passes that is ridiculous. There's quarterbacks that don't go three weeks without throwing 60 passes. And Joe Burrow did it in one game. I mean, just to compare it, Baker only threw 23 in this game. Yeah, like 60 is a different number, and that is pretty crazy to me. Um, and, I mean, on paper, you could kind of, I guess, see where that how that could come about. They, have, they are – very talented at the wide receiver position, or at least there's a lot of potential within the ranks of their wide receivers. Um, but you also have Joe Mixon and an offensive line that's not half bad. Um, so I was a little, you know, surprised to see 60 passes. Uh, you know, I know they were down a lot of the game, but still 60 is a big number. That is, it's huge. I, I can't think of a quarterback that had thrown 60 60- passes in the game in the past it few years. It sounded like a um, Patrick Mahomes like college game. I remember him at Texas Tech, he'd throw like 55, 60 passes a game and it felt like that. It was shocking when I saw it. Like I can see this being like a young Peyton Manning kind of game. Just Joe Burrow slinging the rock all day. Oh yeah. And there'll be, there'll be games that are good like this and there'll be games that are not so good, but he looks sharp to me so far. Joe Burrow really looks sharp. And um, if you know, on the other – I really liked this game a lot On because on the other side of the ball we had Baker Mayfield, who is finally back to slinging it. Um, I thought last night is one of the best games I've seen him have in a long time. And on, only on 23 attempts, I, I thought he looked really sharp out there. I would have picked the Browns to win uh, – you know, if given the opportunity, but um, I, I didn't expect for it to be as close as the Bengals made it. But um, Baker Mayfield looked really, really sharp to me. Also, that that two-headed monster out of the backfield with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, the the Bengals D line just couldn't handle it. it. That that D line is nowhere near what it used to be. No, Carlos, Carlos Dunlap's out of his prime. If if they had Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins back in their prime, then maybe. Yeah, but. It, it, what once was a formidable defensive line is now um, not what it once was. But um, 
this, it, this is defense than what any, it used to be. Yeah, it, it's a tall task for any defensive line, really, to stop these running backs when they're working together. I mean, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt is about as good as a one-two punch you can get in the versatility between their skill sets and, you know, still being able to be, you know, reliable running backs at the same time. They are just, you know, as good a guys as it gets. So um, I think Browns could, you know, look to get them both going more because I think they might see what what they really have, um, you know, using them both on a game-to-game basis. I'm curious to see what uh, Joe Burrow would do with the rest of his rookie year. See if he'll break the passing touchdown record that Baker Mayfield just set two years ago for rookies with 27. He's sitting at what? He's already at five in two games, I believe. Or is it? Yeah. Or no, I think it's four. No, he only. Okay. That was a rushing touchdown he got. He's still at three, but still. Three. He's got a chance. He's got a chance. Um, now let's move into our week two predictions for the Sunday games and then the Monday night games. Um, first, first up is the Giants and the Bears. Um, the Giants looked worse than I thought they were going to against the Steelers. Yeah, they, they, they really didn't look as good as I thought they were either. But I thought it also was a little bit of the opposite. I felt like one of the teams that I thought looked the best week one was the Steelers was one of the teams. So from that perspective, it makes a little bit more sense, but still the Giants leave a lot to be desired. I mean, Um, Saquon had 15 carries for six yards. Yeah, and and that's your star. You know, the Giants are going to go as he goes, and you figure that he's got to – you know, keep them in the games. And six yards is a far cry from what you expect from a guy like that that's in consideration for the best running back in the league. So uh, that's ridiculous. You can't win a football game if that's what he's giving you. But um, Saquon is a different guy. He, he's not – he doesn't peg me as a two bad games in a row kind of guy. Now I will say this, Bear, this Steelers defense is probably the best it's been since – Maybe it's Super Bowl year against the Cardinals. Yeah. Oh, no. I would. Especially this front seven. Yeah. With TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, Devin Bush, just to name a few, Cameron Hayward. Hayward, yeah. It is is a good group, as good as any. And um, and they really gave the Giants fits, um, not only in the run game, but also in the pass game. but I I think, like I said, Saquon is not going to have two bad games. And I still am a little intrigued. Daniel Jones still has the Slayton connection. I don't know what it is between those guys, but Slayton is a sneaky, sneaky good receiver when Daniel Jones is the quarterback. And then you've also got players like Evan Ingram. You know, you're waiting on him, Sterling Shepard. So, and Golden Tate. So the the Giants, I expect their offense to get better and perform better. Um, but you going up, you get next week, you get another another one of the best front sevens in the entire league in the Bears. So it, it's a tall task. Um, I've got Bears twenty three, um, Giants seventeen. 
Now, I will say, Mitch Trubisky act- actually looked like a serviceable quarterback last week. I will say that. Oh, yeah. I but also, say- also, the line secondary is complete garbage. No, first, uh, I remember the fir- on the first podcast, you said that you were a believer in Mitch Trubisky, and I came out and I said that I was vehemently not a believer. And um, I- I'm. I'm a man of my word. I, I'll eat my words. He proved me wrong week one. But long term, I, I still just don't know. Like, Because I, I think that the Bears roster talent-wise should be in, like, Super Bowl contention area. But they're just held back at one position. But Mr. Trubisky made me eat my words last week. He was the reason they won. He was huge in the fourth quarter. Granted – you know, from my perspective, I'd look at it and say he had three quarters of Mitch Trubisky football, and then I don't know, got a something got wind of him, and he started playing on fire. But um, no, he won them that game, so I look for that to continue here against a, a struggling Giants team. But I think it's you know, it's just all reps for the Giants. I mean, they just need young players to you know see more time. Saquon had a after. You know, disappointing sophomore years, looking to, you know, really come out and pop this year. So he's got a lot of weight on his shoulders. I think he gets it done this week, but not quite, you know, getting all the way done. Fantasy-wise, I think he'll do much better this week. But yes. team-wise, I, I don't think this Giants secondary can hold up because it's not like the Bears have an awful receiving core. It's not the best out there. Oh, but, no, it's not the best, but you've got you've got a certifiable number one guy in Allen Robinson. Um, also, a speed speedy guy in Cordero Patterson. Um, Anthony Miller's a is the up and coming guy. He's the one that's he's the one that could put their wide receiver group in that fringe, really good group, you know? Because Anthony Miller is the wild card in that in that group of players. So, I mean, if Anthony if if Anthony Miller takes the next step and really improves like I I see him doing this season. Um, that's a really good receiving core and not one that, you know, Mitch is going to be able to make excuses about. All right. Um, going into the second game or second Sunday 4 p.m. game, the Rams and Eagles. The Eagles had, I think, the most disappointing game of week one. Yeah. Because that offensive line let Carson Wentz get crucified all game long. It was absolutely eight um, sacks and let Ryan Kerrigan get defensive player of the week at what thirty one years old. Yeah, um, I, I think it's two parted. Um, the offensive line gets a, a good amount of the blame, and they should. They were absolutely atrocious. Um, and it's not it's not just them. I think that the Washington defensive front did an outstanding job. Um, they knew that we were coming in a little bit weak, and um, they fully exploited that. And uh, we just didn't have anything that could match that. And But it also goes both ways. Carson Wentz played a really good first half and then had two horrible decisions. Absolutely horrible decisions. The interceptions were identical plays, and he made the same mistake twice. 
um, that is awful, um, especially on a day where I felt like a lot of his receiver play was really pretty clean as far as it goes for, I mean, how banged up we are in that aspect. Um, it was a really clean receiving game. But um, the, just two really poor passes um, changed the whole game. Um, that, along with the sacks, was just, you know, we got into a hole we couldn't dig out of. Um, but it was also credit to Washington. I mean, the defense played really, really good. Um, and, and for the Eagles here, it's – you got to – things have got to be figured out on this offensive line really, really fast. Um, but – the good thing is, is that I don't think that they're playing the Rams defensive front. While they have Aaron Donald, I don't think it's the front that Washington has. I will, the Rams do have one player that outranks everyone on the line on yeah. the Skins line, but combined, this this Rams front line isn't what it was last year. Um, they lost Devon. They lost Dante Fowler, who was a huge presence off the edge. I mean, Leonard Floyd can come up the middle, but they just lost too much this offseason, I think. And it's it honestly they got lucky against the Cowboys, in my opinion. Yeah. I think I think this Eagle I think this is still gonna be a really close game. And it's the battle of the first and second pick from twenty seventeen. Yep. So we'll see who's officially the best quarterback head to head. Well, I'll just say this. We've played – I'm a big Eagles fan, and I am almost positive we've played the Rams every season since they've been drafted. And the Rams have yet to beat us in any of those games. And every year we have not been favored going into the game. Um, so, for that reason, um, I, I know it can be hard. Like, you know, win streaks are one of those things that you know that at one point it's – it just gets hard to replicate again, but I, I have the streak continuing. Very close game, like you said. I have score prediction twenty four twenty three equals. I agree with that. I it's gonna be extremely close. It's get probably gonna come down to the wire. Um, now Falcons and Cowboys. Dak looked like. Oh, I. It's what I said in the beginning. This is what I said in our in our division predictions. This, if this team does bad, it's because of Dak, and that's the reason they lost. Yeah. No, I, I Dak Prescott is a quarterback who is good versus all the teams that you should be good against. But anytime it feels like it's a competent team or a, a, a confident team or any team that poses some kind of threat, he just cannot get it done in those moments. You have and the most talented receiving core in the NFL, in my opinion. This is more talented than the, the Chiefs. You have Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Michael Gallup. The only thing you're missing is a tight end. Yeah. But you have arguably a top 10 receiver in Amari Cooper. You have – who can arguably be the best rookie in CD Lamb yep. between him and Henry Ruggs. And an amazing, hey, Judy. And, a, and a very, very serviceable receiver in Michael Gallup who broke out last year. Yeah. No, it is a, definitely a dangerous receiving core for sure. I mean, the weapons are there. And you have uh, Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield. Like, there is no re- – and on top of that, 
an outstanding offensive line. I like mean, there, it, it no isn't as season. good as it has been in the past because you don't have Travis Frederick. Oh, no, it's not as good. Oh, no, it's – It is still a very good offensive oh, yeah. line. You still have Zach Martin. You still have Tyron Smith. You still have Leo Collins. And this defense is – I don't think it's as good as it has been in the past, but it got better. They did – Xavier Woods is good. I love Jalen Smith. Leighton Vanderesh, him going – I'm pretty sure his he just got injured. Yeah. Yeah, six-to-eight week with a broken collarbone. That's going to hurt them a lot. Demarcus Lawrence is a top defensive end in this league, and he couldn't do anything. Yeah. No, I know. it. It's They're all big players. It's just – I do like the defensive side of the ball. Leighton Vanderesh hurts a lot. Um, cornerback play, I, I still have questions about that. Um, but it, it looked, it looked all right week one. Um, but it's just offensively, and to me, it's Dak, especially. And then this Falcons team looked pretty, pretty good against this Seahawks team. Oh yeah, Matt Ryan threw for four hundred fifty yards against a, a pretty decent. Uh, Seahawks secondary. You want to talk about a good receiving core? Atlanta might be one of the top places to look. I mean, you've got the guy in Julio, who, I mean, we all know what he is, an arguable number one quarter. Uh, He's wide top receiver. three. It's arguable between him and DeAndre Hopkins as the number one receiver. Yeah. So, I mean, you have him, and then Calvin Ridley is hot on the tails of a lot of receivers. This guy is good, and he's getting better every single game. This He's one of the guys that I think had one of the best off-seasons, first of all. He looks ready to go and ready to make a big step. And you just think about that one, too, first of all. That is crazy. Hayden Hurst also comes over from the Ravens at tight end. He's a guy who never really got his time to shine in Baltimore because of Mark Andrews, but he was a first-round draft pick. Uh, I've three receivers on this team had over a hundred yards. That's the insane part. Yeah. And for, for how bad the Cowboys secondary is this year, because they lost Jeff Heath and Byron Jones. That's very, very bad for them. Yeah. This is, this is looking like it's going to be a, a, it's going to be the ball slinging from Matt Ryan 24 seven. Yeah. I, I have the Falcons winning this one because it, for how competent they looked against the Seahawks team, you're going against what is I could consider an injury-riddled defense against this against the Cowboys. I mean, you are going to have to watch out for guys like Zeke and Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper because this this Falcons defense isn't great. They lost their star corner and uh, Desmond Trufant this offseason, who is who is huge to that secondary. Yeah. And he was a very good lockdown corner. And your your star of this secondary now is an injury prone Keanu Neal. Yeah. 
I I have the Falcons as well. I I have it. I do have it as a bit of a high scoring uh game and also only a field goal game, but um I think the Falcons get it done at thirty one to twenty eight. All right. Um. Now another uh. Uh, the Panthers and Buccaneers. Huh. Um, I had a feeling that the Buccaneers were gonna, weren't going to mesh at all week one. I mean, who would have thought Tom Brady's first touchdown with the Buccaneers would be a rushing touchdown? Nobody. But you could just tell Brady isn't, wasn't exactly fit for the Bruce Arian system that Jameis Winston was. Because it's really a gunslinger mentality. And that's what Winston is. Yeah. Brady isn't as much of a gunslinger anymore. Not as much anymore, but I, I think it can work in a different regard. Um, it, it's just going to have to be more of Tom's kind of style. Tom can air it out. But it, a lot of Tom Brady's offense is just a methodical driving kind of offense. So, and – with the weapons that Tampa Bay has, that is still very possible. And not having Chris Godwin this week is going to hurt. But you still have Mike Evans, who is a monster on the outside. And I, I think they also need to try and get Gronkowski a little bit more involved. I'd like to see a lot of two tight end sets from the Buccaneers because they're, I think, if they would watch turn on an Eagles game and watch how good both Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz are. The guys that they have are ta- as talented as any. And Rob Gronkowski, I mean, we still have to see, you know, I project him to still have a, a good amount left in the tank. Um, but O.J. Howard is a tight end that I, I think is going to be a, a really good, good player. And he still needs to get reps, even with Gronkowski being on the team. So I, I would like to see two tight end sets. And I think with that, Tom Brady could really let loose because he – we already know the guy loves tight ends and specifically two tight end sets, which he had a good amount of experience with in New England. So, um, you know, I think it's going to come down to how much Bruce Arians is willing to budge a little bit, you know, and allow for Tom Brady to do more things that he's comfortable with. But um, also Tom Brady getting comfortable with the offense. And then um, let's go into this Panthers team that got, outplayed by the uh, the Raiders this past week. Um, I'd, I'd like to see them try and use DJ Moore a little more because really they only – they gave it to Robbie Anderson most of the time. Like, he, he had the touchdown from Teddy B. Also um, – this – this Buccaneers secondary isn't as good as I would as the Raiders secondary because Las Vegas added some some good players this offseason. They brought in LaMarcus Joyner from Los Angeles, who's huge for that secondary. That That's a big, big pickup. Eric Harris isn't a bad – isn't bad in the secondary. John Not, Abraham. Yes, John Abraham. Marcus Joyner. But 
the thing with Teddy B, he he didn't look how he did in that Saints offense because Matt Rule is not as good of a coach as Sean Payton is. And I think that's where Teddy B's six and zero streak really came from. But I still think they can beat this Bucks team just because of how bad that defense can be. And it was shown against the Saints. Because it wasn't even really Alvin. Like, yeah, they stopped Alvin Kamara. And, La- and Latavius Murray had a decent game. But neither of them are Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Mm. They might be able to stop a guy like Michael Thomas, but if you can't stop Christian McCaffrey from running and catching it out of the backfield, he's going to kill you all day. Absolutely. Are you calling an upset here? I I think so. I I like Teddy B in this game. If if he can get some protection, he's good. I think it's gonna take a it's gonna take a few weeks for Brady to get acclimated into the system. I, I totally agree with you. Um, this game gave me fits. Um, really thinking about it, I I was really Panthers the whole time. I ended up leaning towards Bucks, um, but I, I could really see this game going either way. The, all the all the pressure is on the Buccaneers right now. And right now, I, I have to lean towards them, you know, responding and answering the bell. I think Tom Brady, if anything, I, I will commend his leadership. I, I think he can instill that, you know, in the locker room. The, the, just the ability to be able to talk a group of men into going out and winning a football game. I have Tom Brady in that aspect. Um, so I have the Bucks thirty to twenty four, but really this game could go either way, either way. All right, now let's move on to the Forty ers versus the joke of the league, the New York Jets. Um, because we can't call the Jaguars the joke anymore. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, this Forty ers team did not look good against the Cardinals. No, Jimmy Jimmy G didn't look like his Super Bowl self. Um, this this defense could not stop DeAndre Hopkins. But the Jets have no one. They have Jameson Crowder. Yeah. Who is not – I don't even think he's half of what DeAndre Hopkins is. No. Um, no. Obviously, two totally different players, but uh, Jameson Crowder is good, but – we're talking about a, a different level when it comes to Hopkins. And Hopkins looked like the best receiver week one, in my opinion. Um, he played absolutely phenomenal. The connection is there. Um, I, I remember, you know, wondering, you know, if they would have it just yet. And ultimately, week one, I predicted that they would, and I had them winning. And um, that connection is good and strong. And Kyler Murray is as good a quarterback as any. And um First of all, let's just think about the two quarterbacks Hopkins has had in Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray. I mean, he's blessed. He's an all-time receiver. Like, he's big time. But that is pretty pretty lucky in and of itself. He definitely had some quarterbacks, though, before Watson that weren't – were a little sus. But um, either way, no, the, the 
he looked phenomenal. But um, I mean this this Forty Nine ers secondary isn't isn't bad. I mean Jimmy Ward, he he's a serviceable corner. Tavarius Moore serviceable. That's all you need to go against a team like the Jets is you need serviceable guys, and that front seven is gonna give Sam Darnold fits. Yeah. No, I, I yeah, I project this to be a big bounce back week for the 49ers. Um which they they kind of it was kind of given to them. Um it, while, you know, a lot of people would have probably predicted, you know, two easy games to start off the, the bat. I didn't see that with the Cardinals. So um now they get the Jets who you already have said it. I mean, are the joke of the league. So I mean, they they get a freebie here. Um it'll be a good game to get, you know, everything back on track and um but also, for the same time, for the Jets, we've got to remember that there's a guy out there, Sam Darnold, who's playing each and every game trying to, you know, convince people that he's a franchise quarterback. And my condolences to him because the cast that he's trying to do it with, it, it is pretty lackluster over there in New York. You you said enough. Um, now on to – what I think is probably going to be one of the better matchups of the week with the Broncos and Steelers. Um, we, I said it earlier with the Giants and Steelers game. Big Ben is looking good. No, absolutely. He's looking really, really good coming off that injury. And also, I really like the receiver play all around or even just – offensive play all around. I thought the offensive line was spectacular. I thought that the running backs were incredible. Uh, James Conner is healthy now going back into this game. Obviously, he left the game in the second quarter and, and would not return uh, versus the Giants. But um, Benny Snell stepped up and was good as good as anyone. He was huge this game. Went he over 110 ran. yards. Uh, also a touchdown, I believe. Yes. Wait, yeah. no, he did not have a touchdown on the ground. No touchdown? No. Either way, I remember watching the game. He was fantastic all game. So, I mean, the Steelers have offensive firepower, to say the least. Juju Smith-Schuster, Eric Ebron on, uh, at tight end. Uh, also have Deontay Johnson, who is a very, very shifty player. Um, nah, he's – Got to be, what, 5'11", but, man, he is fast and shifty, and Big Ben really loves him. Uh, they had a miscommunication at one point during the Giants game, and Big Ben, I felt like, just tried to get him out of his little funk, I guess, and t- focused him six plays in a row. Almost, I feel like just threw the ball to him every single time. Johnson caught every single one. Um I really like the just the offensive skill players on this team, and I really like the Steelers team. But on the other side of the ball, I also really liked what I saw from Drew uh, Drew Locke. Thought he looked really good. I thought the wide receiver play for the Broncos was uh, also pretty good. Um, I thought Noah Fant looked like one of the best tight ends in the league. He looked absolutely dominant. Um, so Denver also has an offense of its own. And now with Melvin Gordon, you know, we saw what he brought, brings to the team. And I really like the one-two punch that they also have in the backfield. Melvin Gordon definitely is looking like his old self. Uh, 78 yards and a touchdown. One one big thing that is 
is like hurting this defense right now is AJ Boye is now on IR. Uh, that was a huge player they traded for this offseason. That's going to hurt them in the secondary because he he's still a top corner in this league. It also doesn't help that they have one of the best pass rushers of all time in Von Miller. Uh, Bradley Chubb still out. I believe he might be coming back hopefully soon because those are two or some of the better pass rushers in the league yeah. that you hope to get back. But Jarrell Casey was looking good. Uh, Kareem Jackson's looking great again. This I this believe. this defense look is looking good. But that Steelers offense is just looking fantastic, and they have one of the best defenses in the league. Absolutely, I thought that the uh, Steelers got it down on both sides of the ball. Um, while I I liked, you know, aspects of what the Broncos offered from both sides of the ball, I just think that. The Steelers are a better team. I could see the Broncos. This is another game. I could see the Broncos winning. Uh, I, I really could. I think a really strong game from Drew Locke could be enough to get it done alongside, you know, good defensive play against, you know, the, what the Steelers offense. But I, I do predict it to be a close game, but I've got the Steelers edging it out 27 to 24. I, I can't agree more. Um, now let's move on to what was the joke of the league that, Turned it around out of nowhere. The Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans. Gardner Minshew looked like a god. Gardner Minshew is a is the whole reason you traded Nick Foles. You know, it, it's the Jaguars were looking for something, and they thought they tried could find it in Nick Foles. Nope. Turns out it was this fifth round draft pick from Washington State in Gardner Minshew. I mean, he didn't um, have the yards, but he threw for three touchdowns to a an awful receiving core. I mean, you have you have Keelan Cole, you have Lavisca, Chenault, and DJ Chark as your receivers. Who DJ Chark? Oh, DJ Chark's good, but I don't. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Keelan Cole. Me either. I I could leave leave or take uh, Keelan Cole, but I want to say this: Lavisca Chenault was a player that coming out of college. I thought was very fit dependent uh, as to where he got drafted. Um, but I want to say I really liked what I saw from him in week one. I think it was only three catches for 37 yards, but he had the touchdown in there. He looks – he's a definitely a guy to watch for yards after catch. I mean, he's a guy who only seems to just turn it on once he catches the football, and then that's when it becomes go time. Like, catching the ball is half battle for this guy. Once he gets the ball in his hands, he is a threat. And he gives that that Jacksonville offense some some life. I I, li- I liked a lot from what I saw from Jacksonville week one. Now here here's the biggest. Um, Derrick Henry did did shut me up. He had 116 yards. Um, I I will take the blame for having a bad take with that. Um, I think Ryan Tannehill is gonna just blow up this this Jaguar secondary because the thing with the the thing with the Colts is Phillip Rivers still has to get adjusted to that system. And that's why he threw two interceptions to CJ Henderson and Andrew Wingard. I mean, I, before going into the season, I had no idea who Andrew Wingard was. (laughs) 
you're not the only one. So I, I don't think the, the Jaguars are going to be able to keep up what they did last game. And I think, I think Derrick Henry is going to have a huge game against this, this weak defensive line. I, I, I absolutely agree. I've got this as a uh, touchdown game in favor of the Titans, 31-24. All right. Now uh, another division matchup, the Detroit Lions and the Packers. DeAndre Swift is probably the most hated man in Detroit right now. Yeah. Um, It's just – it's just sad because it's really just because of, you know, all the, the culmination of the the times that, you know, Detroit feels like they've been cheated or let down. And then to have this week one at, on a season that I'm sure that they're pretty, pretty excited for. Um, and you have this happen. The ball we, was in his hand. He steps into the end zone and it just flies out. Yeah, he, he just missed it. Um, it, it. You feel bad for the guy. He played a good game. But he, he just couldn't haul in the game winner. And I know everybody was uh, obviously pretty upset about that. And I'm sure he's beating himself up. But there's not too much to 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 be upset, upset about, I think, if you are the Lions. I thought they played a, a good game. They really put it together when it mattered. Um, they get a tough break and come in – you know, here in this game and getting one of the hottest teams in the league in the Packers. Um, so that one really hurts. But I think DeAndre Swift will, will forget about it because I think of all the running backs week one for Detroit, I thought he played the best. And Adrian Peterson had a, a fantastic game. Oh, absolutely. He did have a fantastic game. Um, he got it done all over the ground, but – I think you can already see hints that Swift is the favorite in their in their running back room. He played the most snaps. I think he's in line for the biggest workload in the future as we go on, but um he'll have plenty of chances to forget about it. And then this Packers team, Aaron Rodgers does not want his spot taken. Three sixty four and four touchdowns. That that's the Aaron Rodgers everyone knows. That's the MVP Rodgers everyone's looking for. Yep. Also, Jari Alexander and Kevin King are one of the probably one of the best dynamic young duos and the cornerback in the, that position. Also, Adrian Amos is fan, is very underrated in my opinion. Uh, from his Chicago Bear days, um, kind of didn't he didn't have the season everyone was expecting at expecting from him last year at least in my opinion I would agree but I think this is a bounce back year and then Devontae Adams is looking like a top receiver in the league yeah and then Marcus Valdis Gantling is finally looking like the receiver he was hyped up to be that six force height weight speed guy that can just catch everything over anyone yeah between him and Lazard, I think they answered a lot of questions about, you know, the wide receiver position in Green Bay. Um, and they really answered the call. Uh, I saw MBS, he dropped the pass uh, early at one point, And a- after that, it looked like a completely different guy. 
um, and hauled in absolutely everything. And Aaron Rodgers was just absolutely dropping it in the bucket. Uh, it felt like every every time he would step back. Um, really good wide receiver play week one for the Packers. I liked a lot of what I saw from them, including Aaron Jones on the ground for them. Um, they look they looked really good. All right. Um, what's your prediction for this game? Because I have the Packers taking this. I, I like I like the Lions. I like Matt Stafford. I just I don't think Desmond Trufant is really going to be able to handle both Marcus Valdez Gantling and Devontae Adams. And I don't know if Jeff Okuda is ready to step up to the plate. I, I agree. Uh, I have the final score Packers 34 to 30. All right. Um, Bills and Dolphins. If you don't, if you're in Miami and you don't start Tua this week, you're dumb. You're you're worse than the Jets. Is there any chance that they start Tua? Fits through three interceptions. I I think they should give give the young guys some experience. It's not you're going against. You're you're not going against a, a great great team. I love the Bills. I love the Bills defense, but it's not like you're going against the the Bears where he's going to get absolutely murdered. Because I, the Bills secondary and their linebacking core is great. Oh, absolutely. their their defensive line defenses. is not outstanding. I I have praised the Bills in the past. I don't think their defensive line is as good as their as the rest of their defense to the point where I think you could get away with starting Tua. It's just I feel like, you know, you want it to be obvious. And I mean, especially at this point, really for the Dolphins, what are you playing for? You're not you you really want more draft picks. Um you know that Tua is your guy at quarterback, but you don't necessarily, you know, you're not really pressed to throw him out there to the fire yet because, honestly, you're probably content to lose a few more games with, with Tannehill. I mean, um, not Tannehill, Fitzpatrick. So um, I think that they'll ride it out for a little bit longer. Um, but I think uh, I think the Bills have made strides, and you are starting to see the progression of getting better. But um, – Ultimately, I think this is going to be a Bills game, and it's just in large part due to how I feel about the Bills team overall. I really like them on offense. I thought they got a lot better, and I really like really like them on defense. So made it a pretty easy call for me. I have Bills 27 to 15. Yeah, this also – I if Josh Allen's coming into his own. Um, wasn't the best game, or at least – Passing touchdowns wide, I yes, Stefan had eight receptions. I'd like to see him get a few more attempts thrown his way, considering he is the clear number one receiver on this team. And I John think he's Brown a good, had a good week as well. Though. Oh yeah, he had a fantastic week. Yeah. Um, but if Byron Jones and Xavier Howard are still out for the Dolphins tomorrow, then I could see. Um, Stefan Diggs getting 12 catches for 120 yards. Yeah. 
Um, let's move on to the Vikings and Colts. The Colts played absolutely awful last Sunday. Uh, I think I think the main reason for that is Philip Rivers still getting adjusted to the system because it was built around Jacoby Brissett last year. And Brissett- well, and then also they had um, that that is a huge part of it. I, also, I Marlon Mack went down very. And his season is basically over with a torn Achilles. Achilles, yeah, he's done. Um, Which was, and they have the running back room to step up um, in a big way. But um, it was just, I think, a shock. The young guys getting uh, in Naheem Hines and um, what's his name? Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, thank you so much. Um, Uh, The the two young guys, you're really going to have to rely on them for the rest of the year. And Jonathan Taylor is a fantastic catcher out of the backfield. You saw him with six, six receptions from with 70 yards. But that's that also against team. a not great Jacksonville team. Yeah. But um, I really did not like a lot of what I saw from the Vikings week one. I liked Dalvin Cook. Um, I can tell you that. And I also liked Adam Thielen. But um, – Pretty much everything else left a lot to be desired. I mean, you can kind of say that, you know, they had the, the, you know, the downfall of playing a hot Packers team that was going to light them up. But I don't know. It, it doesn't look too good in Minnesota right now uh, to me. And I have the Colts winning this one. At a really close game, but 28 to 27. I mean, they need Yannick Ngakwe to be of – to be feasting on the end until uh, Daniil Hunter comes back because that's the reason they went out and got Yannick is to replace Daniil Hunter until he's back off IR. And he, he didn't do that. He, they need him. But um, I, I agree with that. I, I think the Colts can come out with this as, I I just think it's Philip Rivers needed a needed a week to get acclimated. Yeah, I agree with you. Because Philip Philip Rivers isn't the kind of quarterback where you can just plug and chug him into any kind of system. I mean, it's the same thing with Brady. All these older quarterbacks, they're so used to being in one system. Oh, yeah, and you're talking about two guys that have been with one franchise their entire career. Um, you know, just there's got to be something to getting out of there one week. You're throwing to a different helmet, you know. There's got there's got to be something to it. <laughs> All right, now let's move on to I what was arguably the hottest defense last year with the Redskins against what was probably the hottest QB last week and Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, because Kyler Murray ran all over the 49ers defense. Oh, yeah. And Kyler Murray looks poised to be almost in MVP contention. Um, I mean, the guy's got star written all over him. I love his potential, and I love the pairing with DeAndre Hopkins, and I love just everything that's going on in Arizona right now. I'm a big, big fan of it. I feel like they're doing this whole thing of, you know, building a contending team the right way. And – 
I think that they – spoiler alert, I'm not going to get to my final score just yet, but I think they continued their, their magic into week two. Um, but also on the other side of the ball, you, you got another hot team in the Washington football team. And I said – I don't know if I necessarily said this, but the Washington football team is very – is talented, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And the last thing, especially with the young quarterback and Dwayne Haskins, you want to do is to give them some confidence and let them learn what it feels like to win. Because I think they could be a very, very sneakily good team. Um, I didn't think it could happen this quick, but the potential is there for it to happen this quick. But um, it's just, this should be a really, really good game, in my opinion. I My main issue with Washington is – Dwayne Haskins. I when the draft pick happened, I was praising it. But last year he didn't play great. He played decent this this week. But the thing is that Philly defense is banged up. They just lost Vinny Curry, who's huge. Uh this their secondary isn't what it used to be. They really only have Jalen Mills and Ron McLeod anymore. That's that's about it. Hey, don't forget about big play Slay. I mean, he he didn't really do anything last game. Although to be fair, we didn't pass the ball much. Yeah. Y'all just apparently got killed with short yards from Peyton Barber. Um but I the main thing that I think can the same thing that stumped the Eagles last week is this this defensive line and pressuring Kyler Murray. But I the, think this the, is the only thing, again, it goes into my prediction. I don't think that the pressure on Murray is going to affect him the same way as it did on Wentz. Wentz oh, no, it's not. Wentz a lot, and Murray is the kind of guy, if you get him out of the pocket, he's – at no point when he's out of the pocket is he any less deadly than when he was, was when he was just standing straight up in the pocket. Um, and that's what I think is the big edge in this game. That's that's the scary thing is because Carson Wentz is nowhere near as mobile as Kyler Murray. Carson can scramble out of the pocket a little bit, but Kyler Murray is up there with Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah. This, he's just a phenomenal athlete. Um, his speed is – just a trait that he has. I mean, he's fast. He's a baseball player, an outfielder. I mean, the guy's got wheels. I I think the Cardinals are going to win this one. I hate to say it, but I, unless Dwayne Haskins pulls something out of his sleeve and will throw for like 300 yards. I, I No, I agree with you. Um, I don't think it's a non-winnable game for Washington, but um, – it's going to take, like you said, play from Haskins. Um, I think it's – Also, it's, it's going to take a, more of the running back play I saw in week one from Washington. I thought it was I thought it was really um, good, and it got the job done when they needed it, especially, um, which is a big kudos to them. It, it's the same situation as last week. It, it almost has to be like you have to play perfect because in the second half, Washington played perfectly. Scoring 27 unanswered points. I feel like you have to have that kind of situation happen again for them to be able to beat this Arizona team. Because the Cardinals are in a much better spot than the Eagles right now. Yeah, I, I have this game at 38-27. to 
All right, now let's move on to the Ravens and Texans. The Ravens absolutely dominated the Browns. Uh, what was it, 38-6? to six. And then the Texans, they, they didn't look great against the Chiefs. No. I mean, you can really, really tell that they're missing DeAndre Hopkins right now. I mean, Will Fuller looked good in the first game. But other than that, Brandon Cooks looked awful. Uh, Randall Cobb didn't really get any looks at him. I think it's going to – I think that with Cooks, at least, it's going to take a little bit of time um, just to get used to each other. I mean, DeAndre – I mean, excuse me, Deshaun Watson is a – Fantastic player, and I think he can really succeed with anybody. But a big, big loss when you go from arguably the top receiver in the NFL to now having Braden Cooks or Fuller as your top guy, it's it's quite a step down. But I think it can still work, and I think that the offense can still be good. I think they had the, you know, the tragedy of running into the Chiefs, aka defending Super Bowl champions week one. Um, but I think that the Ravens, I think it's going to be a close game. I do, but I saw a lot of things to like from the Ravens. Yeah. Look, J.K. Dobbins looks like he can be a beast. Oh, absolutely. Another, it's interesting. This, it seems like running back is really kind of, you know, across the league shifting to like a, a by committee kind of take um, and the Ravens have a, another team that I feel like I've said this a lot, but a, as good a committee as any uh, with Dobbins and, and Mark Ingram, it's just when you get a blend of speed and power and pass catching and power and finesse, and you just get two backs that complement each other so well, it can be extremely deadly. And then you have basically another running back in Lamar Jackson, who's fantastic not to say that he's not also an incredible quarterback but I mean they just get it done in so many ways on the ground that you forget at a certain point that oh wait Lamar just dropped a 75 yard pass into Hollywood Brown's arms and he's in the house yeah um and then uh J.K. Dobbins Two touchdowns in his first game. Game ball worthy. And then Mark Andrews looked phenomenal. Two, two of the touchdowns. Uh, and then this – I feel bad for Deshaun Watson right now. I feel really bad for him. Yeah. Because he – Bill O'Brien is the worst coach in the NFL. That that's that's what I think. It's arguable for Tom Coughlin last year or the year before, uh, when he was finding everyone. But right now, I think Bill O'Brien is the worst. You traded away, or you let your front office trade away the best receiver in the league, or arguably the best receiver in the league. For an an aging and injury prone David Johnson. Yeah. 
Ravens are gonna mop the floor with them. Because also like this Texans defense, I I don't trust it. I mean, I yeah, you have Bradley Roby, you have JJ Watt, you have Justin Reed. That that's like the main guys. I mean, Bernardrick McKinney, Zach Cunningham. But I think it's gonna be a close game, just because it's that's just the, the confidence I have in Deshaun Watson as a player. Um, I really think that he can single-handedly win you a game. That that's how talented he is. But um, I think the Ravens get it done, 34 to 32. Um, the Ravens look to just – they look to have a chip on their shoulder. I think that they ended the season last year on a note that they didn't want to. And I think the way they played week one shows and the way that they handled their offseason, they got better. All right, now let's move on to this Chiefs and Chargers game. The Chargers did not look like themselves. They barely beat a – Bengals team, uh, 16 to 13. And then the Chiefs just completely dominated the Texans. Yeah, there was nothing to not like for the Chiefs at all week one. Um, but the Chargers, I really like the way you said that. They did not look like themselves. We're so used to, you know, a gunslinging kind of game style from them with Phillip Rivers. And you really got a different kind of, you know, game plan with Tyrod behind at the helm um, from them. Definitely wasn't that high scoring. It was definitely a, a sloppy game in a lot of ways. Um, but oddly, still had good quarterback play. I liked what Tyrod gave them week one. Um, I really did. I felt like he played played really good when it mattered. But um took some time for him to really feel things out. It felt like to me um, and got off to a slow start. Um, but on paper, this game should be a blowout. Uh, at least if you figure if the Chargers don't have figure things out and get things going um, soon. But I, the NFL is a very unpredictable landscape. And I don't know why, but every week one game screams upset to me. And this week, it's this game. I, I don't know what it is about this. Maybe it's because of how much I like the new the Chargers' new uniforms. I really couldn't tell you. But this is the game that screamed up that to me, and I've got 31-30 final score Chargers. If Tyrod can figure it out and get the ball in the end zone, then yes. But that's what it's going to – it's going to take – it's going to take fantastic play from Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen along with Tyrod. Because I think Austin Eckler is going to get his yards either way. The the thing, this is what really kind of sold it to me, is I just felt like defensive-wise, I like this. I don't – I'm not in love with this Chargers defense overall. I like a lot of the pieces they have. But I like the fit that they have this week against the Chargers – against the Chiefs, excuse me. I'd be lying if I don't. I really like the Chargers secondary a lot. And we all know that the Chiefs love to spread the field with a lot of receivers. And the Chargers are fully content to let you do that because they have four really good cornerbacks that they have no problem putting on the field. So, I don't know. This this game just was speaking to me at, like, a, a gut level. And I'm taking the Chargers because of it. I will say if they did have – uh, 
Derwin James. It would be even more. Would, of a yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I have to go with Pat Mahomes in this game just because it's Pat Mahomes. He's, he's oh, no. electric. It's a smart, smart bet. <laughs> he's electric. Like, it's, it's difficult to find a way to stop him. Absolutely. And even if he's down, we saw in the Super Bowl, he found a way to come back and win that game. But I, I can see where you're coming from with the upset. If, if Casey Hayward or Chris Harris can somehow keep Tyreek Hill from just blazing past them, then, yeah, it's going to be difficult. It's yeah. going to be very difficult for, for you, and him and McCole Hardman. I, I don't know. I can see I can see why. I could see how the Chargers could win. Yeah. Um moving on to the Sunday night football game, uh the Patriots and Seahawks, uh a player who is who can maybe get comeback player of the year in Cam Newton who had a fantastic week 1. Absolutely. Um two rushing touchdowns and for 75 yards. Insane. Um, not the greatest passing game because they th- – the only thing that worries me about this Patriots team is that receiving core. Yeah. Led by Julian Edelman and then pretty shoddy after that. And then Akil Harry last year's first-round draft pick is questionable for Nick this week. It's not a good look. And then this, this Seahawks team – is coming off a huge win against the Falcons. I mean, Russell Wilson looked fantastic. 322 for four touchdowns and only four incompletions. It looked exceptional. And then, of course, the rushing game wasn't really there this this past week, but the receiving out of the backfield was amazing. Chris Carson had 45 yards and two touchdowns out of the backfield. Your your deep threat in DK Metcalf four for ninety five and a touchdown. Tyler Lockett's your speed guy, and I don't know who in that Patriots secondary could handle a guy like DK or Tyler Lockett or even putting. I could think um, of one. Well, Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. I'm just messing with you. I mean, yeah, he's the best cornerback in the game, but other than that. Yeah, um, no, I, it, it's just too many options for Russell Wilson. And then, you know, once the Patriots think they figured it out, you have Russell Wilson's legs. He is he, he can get your first down just as good as Cam Newton can. I really like this just team-on-team matchup for this game. Uh, I think it's going to be a really, really good game. I'm really glad it got selected for the night game. Um, but I think it'll be a close game. Um Cam Newton did play phenomenal week one. Um, I really liked him and the way he played. I think he could do – I think he can offer a little bit more through the air than maybe what they showed. But um, either way, I think he I think he gets more through the air this week while continuing to um, be used in, on the ground. Uh, but ultimately, I've got the Seahawks coming out with this. Just a field goal game, though, uh, 27-24. Now for Monday night football on not on NBC anymore, which is the weirdest thing to say. <laughs> um, we got the Saints and Raiders. 
Uh, the Raiders looked fan looked amazing last week, uh, led by Josh Jacobs f- with three touchdowns. Yeah, in insane. Patrick. Josh Jacobs is one of the best running young running backs in the league. Not e- not even young running backs. One of the best running backs in the league. Oh, no question. And I have had high praise for this guy since last year, and it's working out for me. He outplayed Christian McCaffrey, which is extremely difficult to do. Yeah. Like, you outplayed the runner-up for MVP in week one. Yeah. And then we, I'm waiting to see Derek Carr to have that breakout game again like in 2017 where he led that Raiders team to the playoffs and just got injured too late in the season. Because you you have Henry Ruggs, Darren Waller, Nelson Aguilar actually looked like a competent receiver. I mean, he had one target and he had a catch. So, I mean, the 50-50 coin flip went. Not, not only was it a catch, it was a catch for a touchdown. Yeah, so – you know, you, you win some, you lose some with Aguilar, though. Don't don't trust him on his next pass attempt, I'm, I'm going to say. <laughs> but then this this Saints team, I mean. As talented as any team in the NFL, I, I think. The, the Saints, this team is the most talented. Uh, that's what I, I would say. I mean, you have a Swiss Army knife in Taysom Hill who can play literally any position you want him to. Yeah. And then you have a, a top 10 quarterback of all time in Drew Brees under center. Uh, Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara didn't look the best. Alvin Kamara definitely had an off game, 12 for 16. He didn't get a touchdown. But Jared Cook looked amazing. Yes. Uh, five for 80. And then this defense, they're one of the best core defenses in the league. Just how well they mesh together is insane. It's just a very, very balanced and talented roster from top to bottom. Every position is got a very good player in it, and there's not many teams that can say that. Uh, very few holes on this team for sure. Um, but you remember what I said a couple games ago about just feeling an upset? Well, I felt two this week. And that's why I think the Raiders get it done by one point on Monday night, 28-27. If, if Josh Jacobs plays how he did last week against that Panthers team, then yes. If he gets three touchdowns, they're winning. Yeah. But I, that Panthers front seven is nowhere near what the Saints front seven is. No. It, it's going to be – hell of a lot more difficult for Josh Jacobs to get anything. The Saints should win this game. Don't get me wrong. The Saints should win this game for sure. But, um, you know, if every game went the way it was supposed to, they wouldn't play the games. Um, and I think the Raiders are one of the teams this week that that, get, that pulls off the upset and gets it done. Um, I, I liked a lot of what I saw from them week one. Uh, the running back play, especially, for like you said, from Josh Jacobs. And I thought Derek – Carr played a pretty good game as well. Um, and I think it's enough to catch the, the Saints slipping in week two. All right. Especially I think uh, Michael Thomas. I think if we wanna if we wanna recap what our record was last week, 
I believe we went 10 and 4 on predictions. Ooh. So let's uh let's see if we can keep that up this week. Uh that was I believe that's gonna wrap us up for this episode of Hot Takes from the Berg. I'm your host, Jason Michener, joined alongside Ian Hasher. We'll see y'all next time.